Praise the Lord. Precious Father, we, your children, are glad and rejoice in you. We thank you for giving birth to us in Christ Jesus. We are so grateful for this honor, for this privilege. <laughs> and for placing your name on us. <laughs> Man, that's, that's everything. We, we bear your name. We carry your honor. Your glory is on our lives. We are grateful, Father. We give you the praise. And now, Lord, our hearts are open. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't your neighbor say, His is the kingdom. Hallelujah. Rejoice as you have your seat. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today, I'm, I'm led by the Spirit of God to share with us on the basics of righteousness. Amen. The basics of righteousness. Now, this is not the basics of the divine life, which we started um, last week. Well, we're looking at the basics of righteousness, what it is, how it comes, how it is expressed, what it does. Because by interacting with a couple of believers, I have come to see that not every one of us understand the basics of righteousness as we ought to. And so it is important we consider this. Praise the Lord. Now, righteousness, first and foremost, that the New Testament teaches is the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. And the Bible shows us very clearly from the book of Romans, chapters 1 and verse 16. Paul speaking, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So the righteousness in context here is the righteousness of God. And the Bible tells us that it is of God in that it is owned by God. It is God's personal righteousness. And the Bible shows us that this righteousness is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Is in the gospel. That means if you have not heard the gospel as yet, you have not come to know this righteousness at all. Because the righteousness which is of God is in the gospel for therein in the gospel of christ is the righteousness of god revealed unveiled made manifest from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith so the righteousness of god is in the gospel that's number one it is made manifest by the preaching of the gospel that's number two and the bible tells us very clearly it is from faith to faith. That means it is of faith. Glory to God. It is of faith. It is of faith. 
That means we believe unto this righteousness. As it is told us, sit in that book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. It says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So man believes unto righteousness. It is believed unto. By believing in Jesus Christ, glory to God, it is believed unto. It is not worked unto. It cannot be attained by our effort. It is believed unto when we believe in Jesus Christ. As it is told us in Romans chapter 4, if you start reading from verse uh, 20, let's say 23 into 25. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed, speaking of Abraham, how that God imputed righteousness to him when he believed in the Lord. In Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, and Abraham believed in the Lord and it was he, the Lord, counted it unto him for righteousness. Righteousness was imputed unto him. And then the Bible tells us in verse 24 of Romans chapter 4, it says, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Verse 25. Can we read this together, everybody? One, two, three, let's go. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So he was delivered for our offenses and was raised again, raised from the dead for our righteousness, for our justification. Glory to God. Amen. So this righteousness is of God. This righteousness is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is made manifest by the gospel of Jesus Christ. This righteousness is of faith. It is believed unto. What kind of faith? What do you have to believe? You believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and then you confess with your mouth that is Lord of your life. This is how we come into the righteousness of God. It is of God. Hallelujah. It is of God. Faith in Jesus Christ. But that's not all there is to this righteousness. You just heard how it comes. Well, how does it work? How does it work? Praise the Lord. How does it work? How does this righteousness function? The Bible tells us very clearly from scriptures in 1 John chapter 3. We'll start the reading here from, let's start from verse 6. Whosoever abideth in him, that's speaking of God, in Jesus, the anointed one, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. And then verse 7. Can we read verse 7 together, everybody? One, two, three, let's go. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Now, believeth unto, unto, come on, say unto. All right, for example, if you were to have an invite to attend a function, a very high-profile function, 
Praise God. And they gave you the invite not based on how highly placed you are in the society. Praise the Lord. But on the ground of mercy. Okay, take this invite. Attend that function. Governors will be there. Senators will be there. Presidents of nations will be there. Amen. So you come into that hall. Gorgeously decorated. Everything looking perfect. The protocol guys well dressed. The lights and everything. Everything done per excellence. Nothing of mediocrity there. And then you step in. Now, how did you step into that auditorium or hall or into that function? By grace. Come on, say grace. It was the mercy of God that brought you there, so to speak. Let me say mercy now. But there's a way to behave there. You don't say, ah, mercy brought me here. Hello, governor, how are you? <laughs> uh-uh. Now they now look around and say, who brought this guy in? Praise God. Unto means he brought you in. Faith in Jesus Christ on the ground of Christ's finished work. Brought us into the righteousness of God. Unto. Come on, say unto. So we entered in by faith in Christ Jesus. But there's a way to carry ourselves. There's, there's a way to live. Because this righteousness is believed unto, but that's not all there is to this righteousness. There's a doing of that, this righteousness as well. That means this righteousness acts. This righteousness does something. This righteousness lives in certain ways, in a certain way. That means this righteousness must find expression. Praise God. Uh Now, the Apostle John says this. He says, little children, let no man deceive you. What is the deceit there? I am righteous. I am righteous. But I don't do righteousness. I am righteous. I am righteous by faith, but I walk in unrighteousness. That's the deceit. I'm righteous. I'm righteous by faith, but I sleep around with women. I'm righteous. I'm righteous by faith. I tell lies. I'm righteous. I'm righteous by faith, and I live my life anyhow. And that's the deceit. So what is that righteousness? Do you mean to say to me that God is the minister of sin and unrighteousness? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. That means it is clear that now that we have been justified by faith on the ground of God's grace, there's a way to live now. Because this righteousness was counted unto us, imputed unto us, and we were made right by his power and his grace in Christ. So there's a way to live now. There's a way to carry yourself now. You have entered into the hall. Now, a wise, privileged young man will just look and say, okay, how do they eat here? You know, nobody taught me how to use a um, spoon and knife. I mean, um, cutleries. Nobody. You know how I learned it? Observation. 
If you get to a new place, you observe. Okay, this is the way they speak here. Okay. They ask questions. Say, well, I'm thinking. Don't say anything. Say, I'm thinking. When they are discussing politics, you don't say, uh-huh. the governor of, of, of the United States of America, you know, is a basson job. <laughs> Saying rubbish, and they look at you and say, this guy doesn't belong here. He's not in our class. Amen. You observe. That means you learn the word. That's how we observe. You learn the word. Now, I have found mercy. I have found grace. He has made me right. Not based on my own works. That's the truth. Not based on what I did right or I did not do right. Mm -mm. It's based on his own works. What he did for me. I'm righteous now. By grace. By grace. Now, by the same grace. The grace of God now teaches us how to deny ungodliness. And live righteously and soberly and godly in this present evil world. Did you see that? So the grace of God is educating us now. It's telling us what to put on and what to put off. It's telling us what to mortify and want to give an expression of life to. It's telling us, showing us. So John says, look, little children, listen, let no man deceive you. Are there people today who have been deceived? A lot of them. What is the deceit? Don't mind those people that are saying this, look, you know, you were not justified by works. It was by grace. You are righteous and all that. It does not matter what you do anymore. You have come into the hall. You can slap the governor now. You can punch the president. (laughs) You'll be jailed. It doesn't work that way. There's a way to carry yourself. You are in the hall now. You are in the function. Glorious people, noble men are there. You have come into the assembly of the spirits of just men made perfect. And then you have come to a place where you have to carry yourself with dignity. So you learn the word. Did you see that? So what is the deceit? What is the deceit? I'm righteous so I can be lawless because I'm, I'm without the law. I'm not under the law so I'm lawless. Is that not a deceit? Uh-huh. I can abuse anybody now in the body of Christ. I can talk to anybody at any time. T. There's only one person I honor. That's Jesus Christ. I have no respect of men. I'm no respect of persons. Is that how to behave? Amen. You see what I'm saying here? Do it. Come on, say do it. All right, come on, say do it. Now, it's just like saying that salvation is all that matters. Now that you are saved, that's all. Is, is it true? You don't have to grow in Christ. There's no need to grow in Christ. Hello? There's no need to develop and learn and come on to maturity. Is, it, is that true? That you're born again, you're born again, that's all. It's only salvation that matters. If you are saved, that's all that matters. Is that true? It's just like saying, okay, to be born into this world, that's all that matters. No training at home. You don't know how to carry yourself in the society. You don't know how to talk to elders. That person can never maximize his future that way. No schooling, no nothing, didn't go to school. All that matters is to be born into this world. Come on. Is that true? 
So this is the deceit that a lot of people are falling prey to. Little children. Come on, say little children. Let no man deceive you. What's the deceit? Is there. That I'm righteous so I can live my life anyhow without caution, without recourse to integrity and discipline, without learning the ways of God and growing unto maturity. I can live my life anyhow. No. He that doeth. Come on, say doeth. Now look up, please. I want you to say this to your neighbor. Righteousness can be done. It can be acted out. Heaven is simple. And when it is acted out, people don't say, ah, that looks like the devil. Because it's of God. That means when it is acted out, when people look at your life, they can say, you are like God. The way you talk, the way you carry yourself. Praise God. The way you carry yourself. Now, when you do righteousness because you've been made right by grace through faith, all right, do you now take your justification or rightness from what you do and say, well, if I do right, I have been accepted with God. If I do not do right, I have been not, I've not been accepted with God. Is that how to think? No. You can see that's another extreme. <laughs> we were accepted on the ground of his finished works. But this righteousness that he has given us is not void of righteous living. Righteous living. And that was why he said in the previous verse, look at verse 6, quickly. Whosoever abideth in him, sinneth not. How many of us are in him? Uh-huh. Whosoever abideth in Jesus, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth, had not seen him, neither known him. May teach about him, ever learning, but not being able to come to the knowledge of the truth. May say a lot of things about him, may quote scriptures about him, but has never known him. The Lord spoke to me one time, and that word reverberated through my entire being. Hello? It was was really intense. He said, son, be careful. I said, ha, (laughs) about what? He said, there's a thin line of difference between true Christianity and religion. He said, if you're not careful to walk with me, and discern my presence and walk humbly and in meekness before me in godly reverence, you may slip into religion and not know it. You go to church, pay your tithes, dance in church, but there is no sense of God that is real in your belly, in your heart. There's no consciousness of God that is really palpable, something tangible, something real. And let me tell you something. We have this general mindset that, you know, among those who have received the Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, so-called, praise God. They believe that those who are religious are the orthodox people. You know, that is, those people are very religious. But I have not seen <laughs> a group of people, a set of people that are as religious as so-called Pentecostals. 
Because, you know, people can say, and then you talk in tongues that way. But the consciousness of who God is, that awareness of God, that life that brings you into deep intimacy with God is no longer there. And what causes this? Amen. The Lord told me, he said, son, this is what produces religion. When you know what is right to do according to my word, and you do not do it, and find yourself doing something else, instead of repenting and coming back to what God's word has said, you now look for evidences and scriptural foundation to justify that wrong thing that you are doing. And then you have the gods to continue in it. And it gets to a point that when they talk about the awe of God, is no longer there. The voice of God is no longer heard. Assumptions now prevail. I think God is saying, I think God is saying, this is what I'm doing. And it's all about what you think. And in no time, the mind becomes one's God. If a thought crosses your mind and it makes sense to you, it becomes God's voice. And before long, that man begins to trail that path and trail that path. Listen, beloved, it will take an encounter for him to come back. The sensitivity of heart is a gift from God. It must be treasured. It must be treasured. You don't toy with it. Praise God. If they could not be deceived, the Lord wouldn't have said through the Apostle John, little children, let no man deceive you. Are there people who have been deceived? Yes. They suppose this righteousness for license to do evil without knowing that it's an empowerment to live right. Praise the Lord. An empowerment to live right. That's what it is. So he says, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Who? Christ, the Lord. Even as he is righteous. Look at the next verse. He that committed sin is of the devil. What did you, what, what, what's that? Is that clear enough? Come on, is that clear enough? He that committed sin is of whom? Is of the devil. He may claim that he is of God, but he's of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of of the devil. What are the works of the devil? They are works of rebellion, works of unrighteousness, works of sin. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Read on. Verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not live in sin. A sleep must be a sleep, praise God. And you stand up again. You stand up and 
Repent of your sins. Repentance from dead works. You remember? Uh huh. Repent of it. And you say, Lord, I'm sorry, from your heart. And then keep walking. But a man who lives in unrighteousness, professing that he knows God, has not met him as yet. He has not met him. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remained in him. There's something you're doing behind the scene, and instead of coming out and say, Lord, I'm sorry, and stop that process of unrighteousness, in no time, the presence of God will be like a dream of the night. So soon forgotten. And they say, the presence of God is here. And then you're wondering your heart, where is it? And everybody's saying, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. And the glory of God is in the house. And people are hearing God's voice, seeing visions in the spirit, knowing the next step, knowing the next level. And he's just there, acting religious. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Speaking Christianese. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Have you, have you prayed this morning? And you know, we have a lot of drama. Oh, God is here. Hallelujah. And everybody says, ah, man, that was good. And people are hyped and they come back to their level. Because it is grace that can lift indeed. You stop that track of evil and say, no way, I can't continue this way. When was the last time you went on your knees and said, Lord, I can't continue this way. You did not die for this kind of life. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't sh- shed your blood for this kind of life. No. This must stop. Grace has set me free. I refuse to be bound. I refuse to live this way. And then you are there, Kamakosita, and you are praying with your eyes closed until there's a signal from heaven. And your spirit sees the light of his glory. And your soul responds to that light. And your body, you know, aligns. It's called true Christianity. You are in touch with heaven. When you pray, it's not that you think God has answered. You know. Refuse to be religious. It's it's a thin line of difference. Be very careful. You don't slip into religion. Justifying what is wrong. In the name of scriptures, in quote. What is wrong is wrong. If it was right, Jesus Christ would not have come to die for our sins. He did not live for our sins. He died for them. Amen. Some people become more cultural. Christians than being Christianly. You're a Yoruba man. Yes. Yoruba woman. Are you becoming more of a Yoruba person? You can deceive technically. Amen. You know, that has to stop. When you tell lies, do you feel any different now that you've told a lie? You say, oh, that was a lie I told. Lord, have mercy. 
and you pick up the phone and call back. Sorry, I told a lie. Or you say, um, actually, what I told you was not right, and you now tell another lie again in, in, in a bit of telling the truth. You know, there was a precious one one time, you know, that we were speaking with, and she was saying something about what had gone wrong and all that. And when she was done, the Spirit of God spoke in me. Lie, lie, lie. Red light, pa, pa, pa. So I looked at her and I said, you were confessing or saying something that you needed help. Nobody came for you. You came to us. And you just told another lie. This is a lie. This one is a lie. That one is a lie. He said, Pastor, I know. But <laughs> okay, let me tell the truth. I said, no, I don't want to hear anymore. Go and tell the Lord. Amen. Let me tell you something. What we call reputation, all right, is what God gives you, not what you go for. You are as important as the importance of God on your life, not what you are trying to make people look and see. What are you, who are you dramatizing to? What kind of, what are you dramatizing to? Are you a Hollywood star? the drama and be real and go to God and break your heart before God and say Lord you died for a glorious life for me and that's what I'm living make up your mind there's a way to live in Christ amen Don't try to cover your tracks now and pull a canopy over it. Praise God. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. And I'm not a mistake. Praise God. And I repent of it. I repent of it. And I press on in my walk with God. There's a glorious life to live. Your destiny is more precious than your so-called reputation that you're trying to present to people. What kind of presentation is that? All the seminars, all the talk. Your destiny is more precious. Hello? Your destiny is more precious. There's so much to enjoy in God. There's, there's, there's a life in God. I was praying the other day and I was withdrawn into my spirit by the Holy Ghost. And I tasted the honey of his presence. Oh, it was so sweet. I said, God, this is good. He said, keep on. You want to miss that for what people call you? Amen. There's a way to live. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. No, we don't practice in that realm anymore. We have left that realm for real. For real. For his seed remained in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. Those who are born of God here, wave your hands and shout hallelujah. Yeah, this is our life in Christ. It's a life of dignity. You see, your creation and humanity is flawed. Dragged in the mud. 
by seeing. Seeing does not dignify. You, you saw how Jesus Christ was reproached on the cross when he, when he became one with us. Amen. He was reproached. He bore our shame. That's, that's what sin brings. It brings reproach. You are not dignified. You can't lift up your head. That's what it brought. And Jesus came and took our place and took that out of the way. The sin problem has been solved. Now we can embrace the goodness of God. Now we can renew our mind to the word of God. Now we can walk in the light. Hallelujah. As children of God. Now we have something to do in Christ. We have a life to live in Christ. We have a life to live. Get busy with this life. It's beautiful. It's full of honey. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is the life he has called us to live. It's a life of dignity. It's a life of honor. It's a life of dignity. Amen. I said amen. amen. Praise God. Now for ladies, think about the guy who is messing up with you now and will be the elder brother or younger brother to your husband-to-be. And then he's bringing you home. See my wife. And then after I say, ah, well done, well done, you're welcome. And you, you, you're uncomfortable. And then he says, we are going to have a special family meeting. All right? Are you marrying a prostitute or a wife? Now, you may think it's just fun. It gives me 5,000 naira. It gives me 10,000 naira. You, 10,000 naira, your destiny. It gives me 15,000 naira. It credits my account regularly, airtime, one five, 200 naira. So what are you going to do with that? Are you not aware you're in Christ? Are you not aware there's a glorious life to live? Are you not aware that the old man died with him? Are you not aware that now you're a brand new man in Christ? There's a life to live? It's time to get busy with this new life. Are you not aware there are revelations to see of your future? Are you not aware that this is the time of the outpouring of the Spirit of God? Young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Are you not aware it's time to begin to prophesy instead of gossiping? Are you not aware it's time to open your mouth and speak the word of God instead of speaking ill of people? Are you not aware it's time to be resolute instead of sitting on the fence? Neutral. It's time to stand up and take your place. You are a son indeed. You are a daughter indeed. You are saved for real. Jesus didn't die in vain for you. Wake up to this fact and live big for him. It's time to take your place as a son, as a daughter. It's time to do big things for God. It's time to mentor young ones. It's time to bring them up. It's time to mend that broken generational gap. He's there. He's just broken. There's a gap. It's time to mend it. It's time to fill it. It's time to arise. It's time to live for God. It's time to live in dignity. You are no longer a sinner. You are born of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's time to stand up and say, Lord, the giant in me is arising. I refuse to crawl anymore. It's time to start walking. It's time to be strong. It's in Christ. Be strong in the grace of God. 
Men are there, out there, a world wallowing in sin. They need somebody to come to their rescue. They are there, they are helpless all by themselves. And God is depending on you. Jesus will not come down to die the second time. No. It's depending on you, brother. It's depending on you, sister. To stand out in your generation. And those who are prostitutes out there, don't go and join them. In a technical way. Don't go and join them. It's time to stand out and say, Lord, use me to mend the hearts of those broken ladies. They are broken. And you're using me. You're using me. I'm going to reach out to them with your love. I'm going to reach out. The devil is trying to preoccupy you with something and delay your manifestation. He's trying to preoccupy you with things, this one, that one. Up, down, up and down, up and down. 20 years, up and down. 25, up and down. 30 years, up and down. Your mates are standing strong in destiny. The one you led to Christ is standing up now. When he speaks now, he can teach you God's word. And you are nodding your head. You are nodding your head. That's That's the person I led to Christ. And he's standing strong in the Lord. Listen, beloved, it's time to wake up from your slumber. There's a life to live now in Christ. The price that was required to be paid for our liberty has been paid by Jesus Christ. We can't frustrate the grace of God anymore. It's time to arise. And take your place. Children of the most high God. We complain about our society. What is happening in Nigeria? Why are people living this way? There are kidnappers here. Hand robbers there. And all kinds of things happening. Vices in our society. And God is saying, my children ought to have done something. God is the God of order. Listen very carefully. God is the God of order. If we will not fix it, he will not fix it. Is he going to empower us to fix it? Yes. We've been empowered to fix it. We have to rise up and cause that change. Make that change. We are the ones that will change our society. We are the ones that will stand up and change our women, our young ladies. We are the ones that will mentor them and make them mothers indeed. Not just professional people who don't have time for their husbands, who don't have time for their children, and the children are turning out to be wayward in the society, and we are producing more criminals without us knowing it. We don't know that that's what we are doing. But God is depending on somebody here. He's depending on you to arise and cause that change and make that difference. When he finds a man whose hand is open, he can use that man. You cannot change what you are part of. You know what that means? If you are part of the crime... And you are still there. You can't change it. You have to start, stand out and step out. Amen. Let me show you the scripture and we'll close. I, 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 I want us to say, look, don't be deceived. Be not deceived. No, don't be deceived. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. If he says he's righteous and he lives in sin over and he is not. He may quote scriptures to justify it, but he's not. He's not. Turning your Bibles quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 
6 as we close. We'll start the reading here from verse 14. Amen. Now, when, when we get to a point where someone in a Christian gathering who is born again is asking a question in a Christian garden, sir, is fornication a sin? You know there's something serious. He's already confused. Now, you see someone asking a question that, sir, now that I'm born again, if I continue to sin and sin and sin and sin, will I still make heaven? You you see? Where did the question come from? Is that the way to make heaven? Who are you going to look like over there? Who will be sinning there? Do you think there's a devil up there? A lookalike is only in hell. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What fellowship? Is there any fellowship? No. And what communion hath light with darkness? Any communion? No. Go on, verse 15. And what concord or agreement hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Amen. For ye are the temple of the living God. Ye are the temple of the living God. We are lively stones in this temple. We've been made alive and quickened. We are the temple of the living God. And then he says, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. It's a promise now. I will. Now, what's the condition to be met? Wherefore, wherefore, as a result of this, come out from among them and be ye separate. Sayeth the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. If, if you don't read very well, maybe you, don't, you, you didn't see the heading. You, you would have thought maybe this is Isaiah speaking. This is Isaiah. It's, either, it's Jeremiah. It's an Old Testament prophet. Look at it. What is the heading you find there? 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 17. Wherefore? Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will receive you. Did you see that? Amen. He says, I have made a promise, I'll be your God. I will dwell in you, and I will walk in you. Walk, praise God. We're talking about the move of the Spirit. God walking in the midst of his people. And at once, 
We don't need to call for healing or lay hands on people. Everybody's healed. Those who need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Ghost. A flash of God's glory through his people. God walking. Notice, this is, this is not figurative. It's for real. He says, and I will, I will, I will be your God. Go, go back. And God said, I will dwell in them, dwell in them, dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out, come out. Come on, say come out. Turn to your neighbor, say come out. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I owe it to my generation to say this to my generation because there are a lot of young people getting born again today who need a solid foundation for their faith. I got it when I got saved. It's my responsibility to give it. Come out from among them, he said. And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You see that? So, when will he receive us? He says, touch not the unclean thing, and then he will receive you. Now, let me say this very clearly, with my mouth open. You can read my lips. Amen. You are not ready for deep things in God, intimacy with God in depth until you begin to walk in the light as he is in the light. Then you have fellowship one with another. That's when you get into it. (laughs) Amen. All this teaching of lies flying around cannot produce a move of God's spirit. Never. Watch what will happen of the people 10 years to come. You know, 10, 20 years, you'll be amazed at what they will become. Amen. They'll become so lackadaisical and slack and neutral, not polarized. Because they've not heard the teaching of God's grace indeed. Just watch. So he says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Did you see that? Who will receive us? God. You come into intimacy with him. I will receive you. And will be a father unto you. <laughs> Did you see that? And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Go to chapter 7 now, and verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved. These are promises. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Go on, verse 2. Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. Praise God. Now, this was Paul 
He preached the gospel to the church, to, to people at Corinth. They got born again. The church began. And then he's, was, he was the apostle by grace. He's now begging them to receive him. They had gone far away from the one who taught them the word and revealed the grace of God to them. They've been polluted by false apostles and he's saying, receive us. Receive Someone who once had the right to walk in and walk out is now asking, please receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. Amen. Why? They had gone far away from the teaching that he committed to them. Praise the Lord. Now they have internet pastors. And those who teach them the word of God on the internet, whose life and character are not visible to be seen. So you don't know from whom you have learned those things. Amen. Praise God. You don't know from whom. Let's close on this note. The righteousness of God is righteousness indeed. It is not a figment of somebody's imagination. It is righteousness indeed, practically. Practically. For real, our sins have been forgiven us. For real, we are God's children in Christ. For real, we have left the zone of darkness into the zone of light. For real, the power of darkness has been broken off our lives. Now we are in the kingdom of his dear son. For real, we have been justified by faith. For real, we are the righteousness of God in him. For real, we are walking in the light of this righteousness. Hallelujah. Practical righteousness. For real. For real. Praise the Lord. Now let me tell you this. You're born again and you're still chatting with your former boyfriend on those things that you used to talk about. And you say, well, I won't go too far. You know I'm saved now. But let's discuss the peripheral. Snap this picture and bring it to me. Ah, no, no, no. It's only the top part. The upper part alone you can see. You used to see. I'm born again now. You can't see down bottom anymore. It's only top. You? You can't see anything anymore. All right? And I don't know what you're still chatting with that guy with or for. You don't need to chat with that. There's no concord. There's no agreement. There is no fellowship between light and darkness anymore. Hello? Uh-huh. Someone says, well, I'm just trying to I'm trying to reach out to him. No, no, you are, you are not the one God has sent to him anymore. All right? If God will resend you there, he knows what to do. You are not the Lord of the harvest. Pray you the Lord of the harvest. Let him send the laborer to him. Leave that guy alone. Cut that thing and delete the number. 
It's, it's called practical Christianity. Be absolute in your faith. Delete that thing totally. You don't have to be chatting with him anymore. You say, well, are you leaving me now? Are you leaving me now? I left you long ago. I left you long ago. We don't have, we, we can't, we can't, we can't tag along anymore. We cannot. It's called, you see, why you're a Christian, you're a Christian for real. Don't do all this in between, oh. It's dangerous. Remember Lot's wife. It's a dangerous thing. Remember Lot's wife. You can't be looking forward and looking backward at the same time. Where are you going? Make up your mind. I I love Jesus for real. For real. Amen. Praise God. By the grace of God, I don't have anybody that will say, okay, pastor, you remember what we discussed last night? Don't leave me like this now. There's nobody by the grace of God. Because I won't, I won't, if it's, I'm coming close to it like this, I will cry in my closet. Lord, when did I become like this? I start crying. When you cry enough, you will see that you have been saved by grace. Amen. You see, oh, I've been saved by grace. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Live above board. Now, let me tell you something. I don't want him to misunderstand Christians. I don't want him to have a wrong view of Christians. Are you the one promoting the views of Christians? Leave that to the Holy Ghost. Break link. Period. Let him see Christians as wicked people. That's that is that is his, you know to the pure things are pure. To those who are defiled, even their own conscience is also defiled. Let him say anything he wants to say. We know who we are. Break that thing. You know, cut it off. Praise God. Cut it off and don't feel any apologetic about it. If you see the person on the way, hello, how are you? Wait, wait, wait. I don't, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. The Bible does not say we should resist fornication. It says we should flee. Flee, flee, flee. You know Tom and Jerry. You know flee. That's how to flee. You don't say, well, I don't want him to have a wrong view of us. Which wrong view is that? Are you the one, are you, are you the PRO for Christianity? <laughs> Amen. Make up your mind. Be absolute. And listen very carefully. All these precious ladies I'm saying, you are dignified. Your body is not for sale. If a man is sending you money who wants to have sex with you, that's not the favor of God. May you never appear here and share any testimony of that kind. <laughs> Don't say, well, people are just giving me money. And all. Who are the people? <laughs> Don't collect such money. It's wrong. See, we're looking, we're going to the basics of it. Break ties with such people. Hallelujah. It is the blessing of the Lord that make it rich. It make it rich and he, the Lord, adds no sorrow to it. It is what he puts in your hand that increases. 
I'm pleased, I beseech you by the message of God. Don't desire the reward of unrighteousness. It's the spirit of Balaam. You know, you read Revelation 3, the doctrines of the Nicolaitans and doctrine of Balaam. If God is not putting it in my hand, forget it. I don't need it. Godliness with contentment is what? It's a great gain. It's a great gain. I don't need it. There was somebody one time that when I was in Abuja, I bought some property for, and the person was saying nonsense. (laughs) He said, well, maybe I took, you know, the money and all that. I had to go and buy something bigger and more expensive and give it to the person. Take everything you want to take. Nobody will lift up his hand and say, I have made Shegun Baji rich. God has made me rich. My money is not in your pocket. It came from heaven. If it's coming from your pocket, it must come from your heart. If you don't have any conviction, don't give me anything. I'm not begging for it. I don't need it. Amen. I don't need it. I didn't come into the ministry to make money. I'm a certified builder, registered with my stamp and seal at a tender age. So I'm not um, someone who is just coming to ministry to, you know, ransacking the pockets of people. Amen. Praise God. Make my boast in the Lord. Lift your hands and shout hallelujah. So, see, let's get things straight here. Don't go and steal money and say you are bringing tithe to church. We don't need such tithe. Notice all these things. How many of us know, how many of us met church here when you came? You met church. Either at the former venue or somewhere, you met church. It wasn't like we were scattered around the bush and then we gathered ourselves. How many of us met church here? It has always been here. You met church here. By grace, God will bring you to a place where you can improve what is on ground. All right? Well, you see, what is on ground will continue. His church is God's property. Did you see my name there on top? The church of Shegun Obaji, owned by him. It's not my church. Amen. It's not my, it can't be my church. I'm, I'm not big enough to own a church. There's only one big enough to own a church. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell cannot. Nothing can prevail against that church. I'm so convinced. That one is said to it. Concrete conviction. Amen. It's his church. If you are privileged to do something here, say, Father, thank you for the privilege. <laughs> Amen. Because someone else could have done it. I mean, it's simple. Even my wife and I, we, we humble ourselves. Father, thank you for the privilege to serve you. If you say, I won't sing in choir again, I don't like the way they talk to me. You are very important too. <laughs> They should talk to me well. Ah, 
and you, you are blowing your bloom bloom. Bloom. You know bloom bloom balloon. How oh, fun. <laughs> you are not singing. You will see choir is still singing. You met us singing here. You are not the main voice. You met us singing. What is the thing? Even your pastor is humble, holding the mic with the fear of God. Not like, uh, if I didn't come, I'd not come to Ife. Nobody would have preached this. There wouldn't have been any GLT. Ah! Ah! You are important, but not that important too. <laughs> you better humble yourself until your eyes clear out and you feel like, eh? 30 seconds and it's increasing. They are really increasing. No? Do you think they will decrease? <laughs> this extension you see is just child's play. We are still, the thing is still scratching us. When we get to a point, <laughs> we'll bring down this thing and build a bigger auditorium. Amen. It's God's work, not my own. I can tell you what I know is what he said I should do. That's all I know. How he's bringing people, I don't know. And I don't want to know. Because I've learned to mind my own business. And to be very quiet. Anything you are privileged to do in church, humble yourself and do it. Say, ah, the children church, I don't even like the way the children, look at the children church and all that. All right, in the house of your father, are you a bastard? He said, they should paint the wall. Buy the paint. He said, sir, I want to paint the wall. And start painting the wall. Huh? If your room is scattered, you say, I don't like the way I've built this room. You fix it. You're not a bastard in your father's house. Just be complaining all around. No complaints anymore. You, you are humble. Amen. Someone came to our church here and we heard the sound. They said, ah, I like the sound in your church. It's really good. Praise God. <laughs> but you, some people who have been attending regularly feel like, our sound, our sound. Ah. Yes, we need to improve our sound. All right. But can you appreciate what is on ground? Amen. I hands up. I don't take any credit for what God has done. I stand before heaven and earth and hell as a witness. Because there are people too. (laughs) And I hands up. Before God, I give all the glory to him alone. The God who alone is worthy to take all praise and all glory. And I give him all the glory and all the praise for what he alone has done in GLT worldwide. We give him alone the glory and all the praise. And I thank him on behalf of everyone in this house for the privilege to serve God. It's a privilege. And most especially, I thank God for me and my wife for the privilege to serve. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And thank you, Father. 
Please, Father, keep using us for your praise and your glory. And let your power flow through us. Let your wisdom flow through us. Use us tremendously to touch the ends of the earth. And we promise you by your grace, by your grace, by your grace, we will always give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah.